And if we haven't met yet, my name's Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope, and I always feel like I have a bullseye, not on my back, on my front. It's like nobody can take their eyes off me today. You guys ready to focus in? All right, we're ready. I'm going to be not just throwing things, cramming things down your, your throat today. I'm going to be calling things out of you today. Are you ready for the word to call something? Call something? Call something out of you. Today we're brand, launching our brand new series called Think, Think, Think. You know, sometimes people are looking at transformation. They're looking for a transformation. And they're looking for a transformation from the outside in. But we know that transformation really happens from the inside out. All right? Transformation, life change, new patterns, new habits, new realities, new paradigms. It happens from the inside out. So how does that really happen, though? How does change come about? Where does it take place? I know we did growth mindset this morning. I always want to be growing and showing. I want to be different than I was before. I want to be ever coming into the image of Jesus, less like Nate and more like Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, we always want to be less like us and be changing, transforming, growing into more like Jesus. And I want to ask you, where do you think that takes place? Where does transformation really start and end? We talk about it. We sing about it. We go hear people lecture about it, but very few people actually change their lives. So how do I actually change my life from being stuck to unstuck? And the truth is, I cannot get my life unstuck until I get my head unstuck. I'm going to say, think, think, think. I cannot get my life unstuck until I get my head unstuck. Let's read Matthew 22, 34 for our starting text today. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were very religious groups. They were very Sadducee, and uh, it's very CS. I know, it's a really bad Christian joke. I said that for you, Pastor Dan, because I know you love that stuff. And, and Jesus lit these guys up more than any other group. He actually had the hardest problem with the religious people of his day. And they hated Jesus for it because he was always God, and he was always so right even though they thought he was so wrong. And he always pointed out their ridiculousness and their empty religious gyrations because they were all about rules, and Jesus was all about relationship. And those two things butt heads. They contradict one another, always because they're contradictions. Verse 34, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, of course it was a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Come on now. All your soul and with all your think, think, thinks. This is the first and greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The truth is, if you can't get your mind right, the chances of getting everything else right is very, very slim with all your mind. And oftentimes when it comes to growth and change, believers are so spiritual that they just forget. They stop unleashing. They ignore the power in harnessing your mind because it's not a spiritual activity. Last week we talked about being formed into God's image. God is three parts. He is father, he is son, and he is spirit. You are also created in his image. You are also three parts. You are spirit, you are soul, and it's all wrapped up in your body, right? 
You are spirit, you are soul, and it's wrapped up in your body. Spirit, soul, and body. You have this body. It's just a shell. It holds you during your time here on earth. It's not the real you. It houses you, and it gets you ready to go to somewhere else for the real you to be leashed. God will get back what he sent into the earth in your body. You have a spirit that comes from God. It's your born-again nature. It's the spirit of Christ. It lives in you. Those who have opened up your life to Jesus, the Bible says that you've just been made alive unto God. And then thirdly, we have a soul. Our soul is our mind or our intellect. It's our mind, our will. I will do that. I will not do that. It's our will and it's our emotions. So we are made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And in those parts, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's our soul. Okay? And I don't know if you noticed, but something really strange happened in the scripture that Jesus was telling these Pharisees and so Sadducees. And the series is about changing your thoughts, therefore changing your life. That's where change comes from. Changing your thoughts and changing your life. You might ask, Pastor, what does love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength have to do with change? You said this is a message about transformation or growth or mindsets. One more time. When they were questioning Jesus, Jesus responded, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Here's the peculiar part. The soul is your mind. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. He said, you shall love the Lord with all your soul. So Jesus is saying, love the Lord with all your mind and with all your mind. He said, you shall love the Lord. Let's get it. I don't think you're catching it. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your So Jesus said, I want you to love the Lord. Why did he say mind twice? I want you to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your mind. That's weird. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your mind. Are you catching this? And with all your mind. It's kind of redundant, kind of ridiculous. There had to be a particular part in this message where everybody who was listening to Jesus respond, say, that doesn't actually make sense because you just repeated yourself. Jesus said the mind twice. He said, love me with your mind twice because your mind has two basic functions. Your mind evokes memories. This is point number one. And your mind envisions the future. All the time, you're going to find yourselves in one of two fields, evoking memories and dealing with what's in front of you or envisioning the future and creating what's in front of you. Your mind does two basic things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your mind because your mind has two basic huge functions. It evokes memories and it envisions the future. It has a memory. It has the ability to imagine. That's two primary focuses of your mind, the functions. And Jesus said, I not only want you to love me with all your heart. Your heart is your seat of passion. I love passion. He said, I want you to love me with all your passion. Pastor Nate, why are you so passionate? Because my heart is always passionate. Why are you always yelling and screaming? I'm not trying to. I'm just very passionate. Right? You can ask my wife. I'm always this intense. Always. You can ask our staff. Always this intense. Passion is a part of who we are. It's like, are you going to be wholehearted or half-hearted? He said, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your passion. Come on. Any passionate people in the room today? You're my people. You're my people. Heart people. And then, all the energy you have, all the passion, I want you to love me first. Then he says, but I also want you to love me with your memory and your imagination. With your mind 
and with your mind. Your memory, evoke memories, envision the future, and your imagination. I want you to remember the goodness of God in every part of your life, at every point of your life. And then I want you to imagine what I can do in your future. Love me with all the imagination power that you have because I'm the God who does exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all you can ask or think, think, think. I want you to love me with your memory, all the good things God has done. I want you to love me with your imagination more than you could imagine, ask, or think. This is the power of think, think, think. Love me with all your mind and with all your mind. Some of us never see God do anything because we never imagine anything. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. I would like to say, you ask not because you imagine not. You have nothing to imagine to ask for. Jesus literally said, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. And then at the same time, if we don't imagine it beyond anything you can think or imagine, I want to show you, I'm the God who goes beyond your imagination. Anything you can ask or think. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not, and you ask not because you imagine not. And this isn't spiritual. It's very soulish. So Christians oftentimes dismiss the power of a harness mind that imagines your future, that envisions your future, and evokes the goodness of God in your memory bank. If he was with me back then, and if he did that for me in there, if he did that with my marriage, if he helped me with my kids, if he helped me there when I was going through school, if he helped me not go with those suicidal thoughts, if he saved me from myself, I know he can save me right now and in my future. Invoke your memories. Your mind has two major functions. Love the Lord with all your memory power, all the good things that he's done for you, and love the Lord your God with all your ability to envision the bright future that he has for you. But you ask not. See, we are so spiritual when it comes to our future. Oftentimes, we don't use our minds to imagine anything. And the problem is your memory is about the size of a closet. That's what God's done. That's where all your garbage and your baggage is. It's about the size of a closet. Your imagination is about the size of the cosmos. Are you living in a closet, mostly, or a cosmos? And we live in the filing cabinet. We live in the closet. Of everything that happened to you from your past, oftentimes people look back. They remember very easily. They evoke memories very easily. But that thing is the size of a closet. I don't care if you have 80 years of experience. It has nothing on your ability to envision the future. The future is cosmosis. It's universal. It's huge. A lot of times we live in the closet, how they left us, what they did to us, who betrayed us, who hurt me, who abandoned me, and our mind actually controls our future based on our past experiences, who abused me, who left me out to dry, and we live in the little room of our memory of our past. And and we deal with everything in our future based on our past, and the fact is, I cannot get my life unstuck until I get my head unstuck. I cannot change me until I change my mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so his, in other words, the truths that you embrace, the Bible says, so are you. The truths that you embrace, so is he. As a man thinketh, so he is. 
There are 800,000 words in the Bible. 800,000 words. And out of all those words, the Bible says there's just only one action that defines my reality. And it's my thinking. One thing that defines my reality. It's my power and ability to harness my thoughts. Think, think, think. Go ahead tell your neighbor. Think, think, think. He says, as a man thinketh, so is. Thinking is the action verb. Is is the state of being verb. The only thing the Bible says that defines your reality, thinking is. So my reality is a direct result of everything that has ever em- I've ever embraced to be true in my experience. So whenever I embrace, you know, I've embraced a thought in my life, that what, that's what becomes the reality that defines me and takes me into my future. So when we see all the stuff we don't like, we want to put our hands on the things that we don't like. I don't like the way my finances are going. And we want to just get into our finances and tell our wife not to be this. and not. We want to get so controlling, get our hands on the things we don't like and try to change it. When you don't understand, it's a direct product of the way you think. It's not a direct product of the way you act. So if I really want to change it financially, I don't put my hands on it. I put my hands on my head and I say, God, change the way I think about it. Change my thinking. Because if I can change my thinking, I can change any area of my life. I can change my marriage if I change the way I think about my spouse. I can change my economy if I change the way I think about money. I can change my relationships if I change the way I see and perceive relationships. I can change my home if I change the way I see my home. I can change my kids' trajectory if I change the way I see my kids. For example, my kids are not mine. They belong to the Lord. They're on loan as an inheritance to me. They are a blessing, not a burden. If I change the way I think, I can change my reality for my children. Everything has to do with mindsets, mind frames. If I change the way I think about children, my life changes with my children. If I change my attitude, I can change the way I think about people. I can change my attitudes if I change the way I perceive. And it's our tendency to want to change stuff that, that just change it with ourselves, but to keep the same thinking. I want to think the same, but I want different results. I want everything to go the way it's always been within my mind parameters, and I want everything to change. Never going to happen. Never. The truth is, God can change everything around you. He could change your finances, your marriage. He could change everything around you, everything about you, and your thinking will bring you right back to the place that you started before he changed everything. Your thinking will bring you right back to where you were originally. See, if there's chaos inside of you, then give it time. There will be chaos in your home. Give it time. There will be chaos on your team. Give it time. There will be chaos in your business because it will affect everything and everyone connected to you. Why? Because it's on the inside of you. So if you want to change it out there in your life, you've got to change it in here, in your mind. Are you catching this? I don't know why we're so quiet today. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's the Bible, Proverbs 23. We don't want to embrace this because the responsibility is too great. I think that's why it's so quiet, because we're all carrying this, like, wow, I could change my life just by my soulish mind thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. God instructs me to love him with all my mind and with all my mind, all my memories, and all my envisioning of the future. Yes. He says, if you do this, it's the first and greatest thing you can do with all your life. 
And church, it's real popular to blame stuff on the devil. We don't want to blame stuff on our mindsets. We want to blame it on the enemy of our soul. But let me tell you how you end up where you are today. Let me tell you how you ended up right where you're at in your marriage, right where you're at in your finances. It wasn't the devil. (laughs) It wasn't the enemy. You ended up right where you're at today, whether you love it or hate it, because you thought yourself all the way to that spot. You thought yourself all the way to this reality that you live in. Yes, things happened to you that were outside of your control when you were 12. And yes, you, you made choices that dictated and led you to this place. But God, in, yes, God intervened and God delivered you from a mighty long way. He pulled you out of a pit. He set your feet on a solid rock. Yes, but what did you do with all of that truth in your mind? Because that's where you landed today. It's not what they did to you. It's not what you did to yourself. It's not what God even delivered you from. But what you did with all of that in your mind is what brought you to where you are today. Everything they did, everything you did, everything God did brings you to the comatose or the awesome, awesome place that you're living in right now. The freedom or the chains, right? The life to the fullest or the life to the least. It is what you did with those things in your mind that has brought you to this place. I know that all of you beautiful people at Hope are right here today because I saw you. I really literally saw you while a whole bunch of other people were looking at me preach every Sunday. I saw you before you got here. I thought of you before you got here. Yes, our whole team, if you're a VIP, if you're a 30-time visitor, if you're a 30-time guest, you've been here for 30 years, we all saw you before you got here. We envision this in our mind. This experience has been envisioned in our future. And what's sitting in front of me today, I saw five years ago. You ought to see what we're seeing next. Come on, you would love what we're seeing next. Because we're using the, we're going to love the Lord our God with all of our mind. Oh man, I remember where we were five years ago. But you have no idea where we're going in the next five years. In all of our envisioning future. You would love to see what I see in my mind. What I see in my mind is not sitting in front of me. And what's sitting in front of me is what I saw five years ago in my mind when nobody said it was going to happen or before it existed. Yes, we might be living here today. This is where we are today. This is where we've arrived today. But our mind is what's moving us towards our future. That's why you love the Lord your God with all your mind and with all your mind. And the life we live tomorrow is in direct correlation to how we think right now today. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. State of being. State of being verb. Yes? You guys with me? And you can't live above what you know. You cannot rise above your revelation. You cannot live above what you know. That's why knowledge, they say, even the world says this, knowledge is power. So we're talking about tomorrow. And we're going to change tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. 2020 is going to, I can't wait till 2020 is over because 2021 is going to be the best year of my life. I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Every New Year's, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get a new life. I'm going to get brand new car. I'm going to get a new marriage because this one is just terrible. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a new job with a new boss and new paint on the walls. And I like to say, no, you're not. It's the same old world. Your husband's feet are going to stink just as bad as they stink today in 2021. 
Your boss is going to have that same old nasty attitude. Your office is going to be the same exact color it is right now. Your sister is going to have the same doomsday mentality that she's had since 2015. It isn't changing because January 1st is hitting the calendar, but it can be a brand new you. It might not change all of that, but it can. I can change me. I can't change all of those things out there, but I can't change me. And if I change me, eventually, the way I think will change it. The way I thought was different, and it drew everybody who thought different. And everybody who didn't think like I thought, just kind of. And I drew in, we draw in the way that we see, the way that we believe in our hearts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so his life goes. But... I have to start by changing the way I think. If I want to change my life, I change my thoughts. So wherever I want to go in life, my mind has to go there first. Everybody say first. Like I said, you were in my mind. You were always on my mind, right? You were all long before you got here. You were on my mind before you got here. To this place, I know for certain you were on the mind of God long before you got here to this planet. You were on my mind before you got to the place. You were on God's mind before you got to the planet. David said in awe and wonder, God, who are we that you are mindful of us? Your mind is full of us. You've been on God's mind. Tell your neighbor for a very long time. Psalms 139.17 says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. They are so vast. How great is the sum of them. Sum is an addition word. I know that because I'm really good at math. The sum of them, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the grains of sand. You are always on his mind. You've always been on his mind. And you will always be on his mind. Come on now. Receive the mind. Who are we? David believed that. He he literally asked, God, who am I that you are mindful of me? But in reality, what matters to changing your life Is what's on your mind, not his. You are on his mind, but what changes your life is what's on your mind. What's on your mind? Because as a man thinketh, so he is. So I've got to be able to get my mind out there in front of me, which means you're always going to be thinking farther than where you are today. If this sounds foreign to you, you're probably letting life happen to you instead of making life happen. This is called preparation. You should always be thinking farther than where you are today. And not just with your 401k, with your growth mindset, with your reality of what you live in, the hell or the heaven that you exist in here on this planet. Think about it. It's called preparation. I remember we were driving to my sister's wedding and some, uh, I was all dressed up and ready to go. And my date, she brought the dress. She didn't wear the dress, but I was in the wedding I was wearing a tux, and of course, we're in this, we're going far away up to some lake. I don't even know where it was. Do you remember where it was? Doesn't matter. We were going to the wedding. We're going to the chapel, and somebody's going to get married on the lake. And we, we started running out of gas in the middle of nowhere in this bumville little town in the, between where we were and where we were going. So I found gas in this little country town. There were two pumps there. And I was at one of them, right? The one I was at. And there was this one with this really old beat-up truck and this guy just staring me down. He was very country folk, okay? 
And here we are just pumping our gas together. So I'm standing in a small town, country town, in a tuxedo, pumping gas, ready for the wedding. And it's amazing how I felt. It's amazing because I started answering questions that this guy definitely wasn't asking, okay? I was like, I'm headed to a wedding. That's, that's, uh, my sister's getting married today. I'm in the wedding. I'm a part of the wedding. It's really, I'm wearing a tux because I'm going to a wedding. Why? Because I could feel how awkward it was. I felt like he wanted to kill me for some reason just because of what I was wearing in the car that I was pumping gas in. He obviously knew that I did not get dressed like that to go to the gas station. He obviously knew I was out of place for the place that I was in. But that's the kind of way you got to operate in your mind. In other words, you're living right here, but you're dressed for there. I'm getting ready for that. That's called preparation. I'm ready for a wedding at a certain level, but I'm living right here at a gas station pumping gas like a normal, regular human being overdressed. I'm not dressed for where I'm at today. I got my mind dressed for a destination I'm still headed for. How about you? I got my mind dressed for a destination that I'm still headed for. Don't look at where I'm at right now. Because if you could get in my head and see what I see and know what I'm thinking, you would know where I'm going. You're like, man, I'd love to be where you're at in your head right now. Yes, you would. You'd understand why I talk the way I talk right now because of what's in my head in my future. And why I act like I'm acting right now and the decisions I make today that will dictate and determine my future. Because I'm living in a place in my mind that's not here yet like it is here. Why? Because my mind sees a place greater than where I am right now. My mind sees a wedding, a chapel, a beautiful, high, elegant lifestyle than where I'm at right now. And I'm ready for it. Are you getting ready for it? It's called preparation. Somebody say, I'm headed for it. I'm getting my mind dressed. Tell your neighbor, get your mind dressed. Put your tuxedo on. Put wherever you want to go on in your brain. Now your mind can basically evoke memories or envision the future. That's basically what it does. No matter where you are, how many degrees, how many accomplishments you have, your mind basically does two things. Evokes memories, envisions future. Evokes and envisions. So Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards where I'm headed. Forgetting those Things which are behind. The Bible doesn't say, just forget everything painful in your life. It's no good to you anymore. The word forget there means to willfully unnotice. Go ahead and write it down. Forget means to, in that verse, willfully unnotice. In other words, the painful things of life are not a part of my focus. It's not my focus. If they were your focus, you would be bitter. If they were your focus, you'd be in bondage to brokenness. You'd be trapped in that place of your focus and not be able to unwillfully notice. We'd be able to live in a small room of your memory only and forfeit the great wide world of your imagination. That's what he's talking about. I want you to be willing to, un, to, will, to willfully unnotice. And some people have lived trapped in a small room since the trauma happened. They've been trapped since the trauma, trapped since the trauma, since I was 12 years old. And now they're trapped in their 20s because what happened when they were 12? They're trapped in their 30s because what happened when they were 12? They're trapped in their 50s. And they've lived their whole life in regret from something that happened that was way back there in the filing cabinet of their memory. But they stayed locked in that room by choice. Because they let their filing cabinet dictate their future. Held captive to thoughts. Instead of taking thoughts captive. 
held captive to broken patterns instead of taking patterns captive. Did you know that thoughts can take you anywhere? Prisoners do this all the time. They practice this all the time. They're held captive in their bodies. They run away in their mind constantly. You can experience anything you want to experience in your mind. I could be in a supermax prison and begin to think about my babies, and the warmth will come up in my heart. A smile will come on my face as I think about Dave and Theo. I think about something sweet that they did. And as I'm sitting in my cell, I'll start laughing. And the inmate next to me will either think I'm crazy or he'll know I'm somewhere else. My countenance changes. My attitude changes. My face changes. Why? Because I'm there in my mind. To them, it looks like I'm laughing to myself or talking to myself. But what am I doing? I'm not where my body is. I'm where my head is. Inmates practice this all the time because it's the only thing that gives them hope. Because wherever your head is, that's where you really are. You're not where your body is. Now, you might not be in a maximum security prison today, but you can do this anywhere, anytime, no matter what. Apply it to your life. I can change my mind and start thinking about the last person that hurt me in the same way. All of a sudden, my blood pressure starts going up. My hands get all sweaty. I start feeling all this anxiety around me. My countenance changes. I am mad, and I am all alone doing laundry. I am all alone on my way to work in my car, and I'm feeling everything that my mind is taking me towards. I'm not in a fight, but I'm sweating like I'm fighting. I'm not in danger, but I'm living like I'm in danger. I'm sitting at my desk at work. Why am I sweating? Why am I so anxious? Because I'm experiencing something in my mind. Some of you, it's gotten all the way into your subconscious, so you don't even realize why you're so peeved all the time. But it's there because you're living peeved through your memories, through what happened the way you were shortchanged, the way she doesn't understand you, the way she won't listen to you, the way nobody respects me, can't get no respect. Every day I'm a dog in my own house. You're living in a subconscious filing cabinet. I can go anywhere I want to in my mind. I can either go where I love or where I hate. I can experience anything I want to feel. That's why Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, think, think, Think on things like that. They will take you to a place in your future that you definitely want to be. Think, think, think. It's not the thoughts that randomly shoot through your head. It's where your thoughts land. It's where your thoughts set. And it's not just it's the Bible just saying this. This was in the Bible before science proved it, okay? Science says when a thought comes at you in your head, you have 30 seconds to deal with that thought. Because after 30 seconds, it's followed by a feeling. That's sweaty palms. That's the hair on your back, the back of your neck sticking up. It's a feeling. When the feeling sets in, then you got to fight the feeling and the thought. And now it feels real. It started a thought, but now it's who you are. It's your feelings. And the feeling is a whole lot harder to fight than a stupid thought. Thoughts are easy. Feelings solidify thoughts. Are you catching this? That's why the Bible says take every thought and take it captive. Don't let it translate into feelings. When I watch the, the Think, Think, Think promo, how many of you guys have seen the Think, Think promo, promo online or here at church with the balloons? These are balloons, if you were wondering. They're balloons. And uh, when I watch the Think, Think, Think promo with the balloons floating away, in my mind I see floating thoughts, thoughts that just kind of float by. And I know that every time my boys let go of balloons, I don't know about in your house, if I don't catch that balloon, there's going to be hell if I don't put that balloon back on their wrist. 
Because somebody's going to be crying over a lost balloon, or be, he has a balloon, and I don't now. In my family, the only balloon is a balloon that's been taken captive on purpose. Don't give me a balloon unless you can get, get captive on the th- two-year-old's hand, right? Because if it's off the hand, it starts floating away, it's a, it's a bad thing. It's a bad idea to give my family balloons if they're not captive. You know what I'm saying? So in my family, it's a caught balloon or it's a pop balloon. There's no in-between. The only good thought is a thought that's been taken captive. I want you to think about that. When you see those floating balloons, when you see these balloons behind me, I want you to think. The only good thought is a thought that's been taken captive to either be popped or to be set on your life, secured to your life. And as a dad, once you see that balloon on the loose, you do everything you can. You have 30 seconds to catch that thing or it heliums away, right? You have 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Every thought you get, 30 seconds to catch that balloon, secure it, or pop it. Kill it or hold it. Control it. You have 30 seconds to catch every thought. Take every thought captive. Take it into captivity, the Bible says, into the obedience of Christ. Which literally means, in other words, if God did, the question is, did God send that thought my way? If he did, I catch it. If he didn't, I pop it. No feelings allowed. If I say no, I take that thing captive and I pop it. If I say yes, God sent it, I take that thing captive, I secure it around my wrist. I'm saying not today. This is a God thought. This is a thought from the word of God. It backs up his character, his nature. I'm holding on to this thing like my life depends on it. You cannot take this balloon away from me. This is my thought. Because you're not in control of every thought that floats by your life. You're just not. But you are in control of the things you take captive. To either pop them once and for all or to secure them to your wrist. Because you know that that's not your thought. That's a God thought. That's a Bible thought. That's the word of God that's going to take you into your future where you really want to end up. That's where you want your mind set. That's where you want your mind to land. See, when you... When you go to every hurtful experience in your mind, you allow it to just run wild in your mind. You have less than 30 seconds. You have to put your focus towards it. That's what you do. Then feelings follow the thought, right? And we call that fear. That's why you feel afraid because you think a thought and then you allow your feelings to run with it. That's a feeling of fear. That's a feeling of anxiety. It's a feeling called depression. Depression is real. I know there's chemical imbalances. I get all of that. But I just want to challenge some of you today who are always anxious, anxious for everything and nothing giving thanks. Where are your thoughts running wild? I guarantee you, if I can help you catch your thoughts, you will not feel so anxious. Where are your thoughts taking you to float you away? What are they taking you towards? Just let me challenge you today. Some of you are that, always that scared. Where is your mind resting? Where is your mind landing? Where is your mind set everybody where is it where's your mindset what are you setting your mind on the word of god tells me to set my mind on things above my pay grade above where i'm living above what i've seen above what i can get by myself above me above my thoughts on things above set your mind where's your mindset my mind's secure I'm going to take it captive. Everybody say, write, write down your notes. Take every thought captive. It's in the Bible. You can go read it later, okay? Because where I set my thoughts, my feelings follow. And where my feelings go, I start to get footholds in my life. I love feelings that reaffirm all the God thoughts about me. If I feel good, I don't feel condemned. I feel like God loves me. 
It's an affirmation of what he said about me. Well, you're getting too proud. No, I am loved. I am secure. I am the apple of his eye. He thinks about me more than the the grains of sand. You're pretty uh, self-conceited. No, those are God thoughts. Well, that can't be true. I'm not worth that. God couldn't think of, no, when David said, who are you? I take hold of that. He is mindful of me. I don't get it. I don't deserve it. I don't know why, but he really likes me. And when I take hold of that, it affirms my walk. I start to walk with a different conviction. I start to walk with a different confidence. I start to become what I think in my heart. And I start to attract what I see in front of me for real, according to God's word, God's thoughts, God's feelings. My feelings are good. They're meant to affirm God's thoughts and secure me in life. Give me footholds in purpose, footholds in identity, footholds in creativity, footholds in unlimited living. I want more of that, not less. And I can relive, relive the experience, feel anything I want to all in my head, be negative or it can be positive. Because your head has the ability to evoke memory and this doesn't mean to forget everything. Some things you need to remember. Ever say, remember. You need to remember the victories. You need to remember the breakthroughs. You need to remember the triumphs. Wherever you went through a trial, you know that God led you out of that trial into triumph. You need to remember that. And whenever you had a prayer answered, remember it. Whenever God did something, he moved a mountain that you could not move. Remember it. You need to remember the good things the Lord has done. Even God said to Israel, put stones of remembrance. Where he moved on their behalf. The Lord God Almighty, who is mighty to save, able, well able to move again in your future. And wherever you see that the, an enemy that you can't beat, come back, look at these stones. Look at this remembrance. Look at this altar. Look at this pile. And remember the Lord God who brought you out of the clutches of condemnation. The clutches of controlled living from another source. So some things you got to remember. You've got to be able to use both to your advantage. David was amazing. I love it because he used both. And we're going to close with this. As everybody knows, David and Goliath. I want you to look at this. I want you to read the narrative and look at it with evoking memory and envisioning monumental victory, future victory. Okay, David, he evoked memories and he envisions a future of monumental victory. So here's David with a slingshot, right? Walking towards the Philistine, greatest military machine in the world. He was not just a, a good guy. He was like a militia. He was a big, he wasn't just a man. He was a militia all by himself. He just took whatever he went after. Tons of people could be coming after him. He dominated the field. And here's a boy walking towards a military machine. He's been a warrior since his youth, and he is only a youth, and he has a slingshot. I want you to ask you this. How does David do that? And you're going to spiritualize it and say faith. But let's see what he actually does. Because this is not a spiritual practice. This is a soulish practice. This is not about his spirit. Believing God can do anything all by itself. This is a soulish confession. Listen to his words. How does David face a a warrior from his youth as a youth with a slingshot going against giants? I'll tell you how. Memory. Memory. (laughs) I'm going to say memory. I've killed a lion. And I've killed a bear. With my bare hands, I popped a lion in the mouth, and he dropped in front of me. Then he switches from evoking memory of what God has done in his past. 
to envisioning the future. He says, you come at me with sword and spear Goliath, watch his mind work. Watch his soul work. Watch how unspiritual this is. But I come at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, who has given you into my hands. That's future talk. That's envisioning a future he does not belong in. He's evoking a memory of what already happened, and he's envisioning a future that is out of his league. Where are you dreaming with God? What are you envisioning? Where are you using your imagination to take down immortals? The guy is invincible. He envisioned holding Goliath's head in his hand. He said, this day, the birds are going to feast on your carcass. I'm going to be holding your dead head in my hand. I'm going to tie it to my waist belt. I'm going to walk around for months with your head on my waist. I'm going to take your sword and cut your own head off. He went from remembering every victory to holding his head in his hand in the future. That's some pretty powerful soul stuff. Mind stuff. He's loving the Lord his God with all his envisioning of the future. And when David took, let that rock fly with focus, he let it fly with focus. Well, focus is a different talk for a different day. But when he let that rock fly with focus, not with his hand, with his head. Focus with his mind, not with his hand. Everything that he had his mind set towards came to pass. That giant came falling down. That sword came swinging down. That head got attached to his belt. I'm telling you, if you can get your mind to go there, it's just a matter of time before your life will follow suit. And it wasn't wishful thinking. It wasn't wishful. I mean, David decided and described his future with detail. What kind of detail do you have envisioning your future? Down to feeding his dead carcass to a bird. This wasn't just wishful thinking. It wasn't just fly-by-night thinking. It was focused, detailed, deliberate, descriptive thinking. Not of his present. Not of what God had done in his past. In his future. The more you can describe it, the more you can design it, the more detail you can bring to it, the faster it will come to you. Come on, define and describe with detail what's in your imagination. And you will see your life follow that design, that suit. If you change your thoughts, you can change today. If you change your thoughts, you don't have to wait to 2021 to change. You can change right now in Jesus' name. Final think, think, think for today. Final thought. If you do not give your mind an imagination to pursue I'm telling you it will immediately retreat to memories probably not healthy ones probably safe ones huddle up ones secure myself ones protect myself ones if you don't give your imagination something to pursue your mind will retreat to your memory almost every time don't you better give your mind a tomorrow to focus in on that's what being a person of hope is Joyfully anticipating an imagined, envisioned future that God is in. Good things that God has in store. He says, no eye has seen it, no ear has heard it, not the crappy stuff, the good stuff that I have in store for those who love me and are called according 
to my purpose. Come on, called according to his purpose. I'm ringing it in today. I'm saying yes, Lord. I'm saying whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to think, I'm taking hold of that which I was apprehended for. I will not let anything divide my thoughts away from my destiny. I won't let anything, no weapon form, divide my thoughts away from my destiny that he sees in my future. I have a future. I have a promise. I have something better than you've ever seen before. You have no idea how much I love you, how much I believe in you, and how capable you are. He says, come on. Run with me. Think with me. Imagine with me. Dream with me. Envision with me. Stop letting the closet control your life and allow this cosmos to take hold of your spirit, man. Let your spirit run wild. Let your soul run wild. Let your mind run wild. Let your passion run towards the purposes of God that He preordained for you. I'm so thankful. I will not regress and I will not live in regret to what is comfortable and where I've been before. Where I've been, and I like it, it's dead to me. What I've seen God do, I'm holding on to that. Everything else is dead to me. Today I want to help set free, set you free from the places that you've always been. You don't have to live there anymore. You don't have to stay there anymore. You can start envisioning every giant falling that comes against your destiny to fall in the name of Jesus. Come on, there is power in that name. There is peace in that name. There is passion for you in that name. To do that, there is no other way to do it but to get in relationship with Jesus. Everything David saw in his future, we know this, was only possible with Jesus in his life. Everything David saw in his future was only possible with the supernatural power of Jesus and his spirit and God being in his life. Without a relationship with Jesus, it was just wishful thinking. And maybe that's where you find yourself frustrated today. You've done all the self-help. You've done all the positive thinking. You've done all the positive confession. But you're missing Jesus because everything that David did, he did it with Jesus. It had power because the Spirit of God was upon him. I want to encourage you. We need relationship with God. You need a relationship with your Creator. The creation can only go so far without knowing the source of the Creator. He was empowered to do, because of Jesus, he was empowered to do what he envisioned in his future. I'll say it one more time. You will be empowered to do with Jesus because what you envision in your future. But envisionment without Jesus, there's very little empowerment. It's called manpower. It's called human will. It's still soulish, and it doesn't transcend. But with Jesus, your spirit takes over, a new creation inside of you. Something changes, something shifts, and you are able to do what you know is impossible for you to do. That doesn't stop you from using your mind. doesn't stop you from thinking into your future. But only with Jesus can you see the reality happen in your life. If you've walked away from relating to Jesus today, maybe you didn't know the Jesus I know, I want to invite you to come into relationship with Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're coming back to Jesus, maybe you've never opened up your heart before, maybe you've never opened up your life before, today is your day of freedom. You don't have to live in a cage. You don't have to live in a closet of your past memories. You can be set free today in Jesus' name. Get in relationship with Jesus. It's not about rules, not about religion. It's not even about joining the church. It's about relating to a God who loves you and can empower you 
and your future. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day of freedom. Today is the day you step into the cosmos of your imagination and leave behind the closet of your past. Man, so much imperfection in the closet. Let's move forward into what Jesus has for us. So if that's you, you want to come into relationship for the first time, you want to give your life back to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand on the count of three as an act of faith to say, that's me, Pastor. That's me, Nate. I want to get into relationship with Jesus. That's you. One, today is your day of freedom. Come on, out of the closet. Two, that's me. Come on, three. Yes, that's me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus today. If that's you, put your hand up. Nobody looking around. Every eye closed. Every heart bowed. That's you. I want to give you an opportunity right where you sit. Thank you, sir. That's awesome, buddy. Respond to Jesus. Get back into relationship with him. It'll change your mind. It'll change your thoughts. Change your self-worth. Change what you think about yourself. One more moment, if that's you. just want to see you respond so I can pray with you today. I'd love to pray with you. An act of faith. Looking in the balcony, if that's you. Come on, anybody? The bleacher creatures? All right. That's awesome. Can we celebrate this decision today? People of hope. Thank you, Jesus. Today is our day of freedom. Let's pray it together as a church. Jesus, I open up my heart to you. I believe you can help me. I want to envision in my future. So I invite you into my now. I invite you into my life. Forgive me where I'm wrong. Empower me. Change me to live right. I want to be yours. Make me a new creation. Give me a bright future. <laughs> I step into what you already have for me. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, we celebrate this decision with you. That's the best decision of your life, man. All right. Hey, thanks for watching. Go ahead and like this video. Share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream. And hey, don't forget, you can join us live every Sunday right here at 9 and 11. Thanks again for watching.